Welcome to God Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. I'm here to find out how we grow, transform, and become our best selves. How we create meaning in our lives. Come join me on my journey. Welcome to another episode of God Yay or Nay. This is your host, Noor Kidwai. Thanks for tuning in. My guest this week is Adrian Logan. Adrian runs his own YouTube channel by the same name, Adrian Logan. It's a great channel on self-discovery and so many other things. He explains it in the podcast. It was so much fun. Enjoy. Please check me out on Instagram, at NoorKidY. Like and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. That always helps. And we're part of the Comedy Here Often podcast network on 604 Records. So check them out too. Guys, let's get into this week's episode. My guest this week, Adrian Logan. All right, welcome to another episode of God Yay or Nay. I'm here with Adrian Logan. Adrian, thanks for joining me, man. Thank you for inviting me, man. I appreciate it very much. This is my first podcast I've ever been on, so it'll be a good experience for me. Oh, this is your first one? Get out of here. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, honestly, I'm like, I'm a big fan of your uh, YouTube channel, Um it's uh it's a great channel and i guess like self-discovery is kind of like uh the theme you put on the top of your youtube banner and just kind of yeah. like saying that but uh, why don't you tell my audience a little bit about your youtube channel and like kind of like your how you got into it yeah so in regards to the topic of self-discovery i chose that just because in the beginning when i was making a channel you're trying to follow what everyone else is doing that you're looking up to so you think that you have to come from a position of being somewhat of a guru teaching people like your, what you learn and your insights and stuff. And in the earlier days of my channel, I used to do that. And then I realized it doesn't, doesn't feel authentic to me because I don't view myself as being, uh, having experiences or a certain understanding that other people don't have. I'm just another person experiencing life, sharing my, my, my views and my experience. And for me, this is more about understanding myself and documenting it and like talking to a friend and, I, and I've been trying to do this more and more, is look at the camera as if, as if it's one of the people that I'm, I'm cool with. And I'm sharing stories, sharing experiences, sharing insights I learned from a book and just my opinions on it. And I feel like that direction served me much more in my, my fulfillment of, of the direction I'm going. And I, I found that the feedback from the people that were watching, it was more of a, I can totally relate to that. I've experienced that too. We feel the same way as opposed to, oh, you're teaching me so much. Because I don't, I don't feel like I'm on a pedestal and I want to be... Like just, just another student of life talking to other students of life, if that makes sense. Hell yeah. No, it makes complete sense. Honestly, like I feel like I'm in the same boat a little bit because I these kind of topics are exactly what I believe in. And I bet you me and you probably listen to a lot of the same kind of people who might be in that guru or some sort of teacher type. And yes. it's true when you get so to like so much life experience and stuff, like eventually you can be that kind of person. But to start out like that, it does seem like inauthentic, right? right? Yeah, and, and I think, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, he said one line, he said, like, like document, don't create. And so I started just documenting it. So a lot of the things I've been going through when I, I made videos about like minimalism, I did videos about water fasting, I did videos about like just individual things and challenges and experiences I'm putting myself through to develop and gain a deeper understanding of who I am. And I just document it. And that's been a, a kind of a guiding line for me is just to document, not create, um, even though I'll, inevitably I am creating, you know. Yeah, honestly, that's a great uh, idea, though. I like that. Uh, and hey, I've had a few people talk about Gary V too, so I think he's uh, pretty inspirational to a lot of people. But 
it's true when you document it's almost like you go through that process of self-discovery for the second time so like yeah. you do something which gives you a little bit of that discovery and then you do it again which kind of like uh pronounces it inside yourself right yeah sh sharing the information or sharing my experiences like to get to the point of doing that i have to do a lot of self-reflection and so it's like i'm learning through sharing and it helps me a lot mm -hmm. no i love that and uh all right, there's a few things I want to talk about when it comes to self-discovery. Sure. And uh, you just brought up that minimalist list thing. So that is actually something you do highlight quite a bit in your channel. Um, can you maybe describe to my audience like what this minimalist lifestyle is and uh, to you at least and like uh, kind of the, some of the stuff you do incorporated? Um, yeah, I mean, for me, and this is not going to be a textbook definition, but for me, when I, when I think about minimalism, it's separating myself from the the assets and materials in my life. And I've never been the type of person that was big on cars or showing up with the like nice clothes or, or brands and et cetera. But I see people do that. And, and it's, it's like the negative, it has a negative appeal to me, but that motivates me to do the opposite. So for me, I'm just very much against putting two emotion into items. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I'm not, you know, some people, their whole value comes from what they, the world perceives they have. Of course, and, yeah, yeah. And for me, I just, I've been always so much more appreciative of like individuals who they are. And when people don't express that enough, and they're, and they're, they're so focused on putting their items and their materials and with the things they have up front, it's almost like people are doing a service to themselves. And as part of that self-discovery kind of journey I'm on, I don't want to do that disservice to me. And so for me, minimalism is just looking around at what you have and asking yourself if it brings you value. Is there value in this? Or is there only value in having it? Right. So for me, like I, 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 one of my videos was just me throwing all, all these clothes I've had from 15 years ago, back in like the early 2000s. And it was just like throwing like, like bags and bags away. I didn't throw it away. I donated it, but just getting rid of it. And it's hard because you have such an emotional, like an emotional attachment to these, these, um, like, you know, these jumpsuits I had from back in like 12th grade and, and the memories I have associated with it, but it wasn't serving me because it's all up here. And so things that were important to me that I want to remember, I took pictures of, I took videos of, but I got rid of it. And, and for me, decluttering my, my environment helped me to declutter my mind. And it makes me, it, it just feels cleaner. It allows me to breathe easier when, when everything you have is, is purposeful and intentional. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? No, it makes 100% uh, sense, man, because like I get that completely. Um, like you said, you declutter your environment, you declutter your mind. It's kind of like an empty and a little bit. And like, you know, that's like kind of why we meditate and stuff like the clear, empty that's mind. Right. Uh, you're more open and like, yeah, then you see the stuff around you. If it has purpose, if it has value that like it actually like it even kind of like how you always talk about creating a vision, creating like uh, your like what you want to go after if like all the stuff around you is according to that vision according to that kind of thing like right. i i can see how like everything has purpose and value to you right yeah exactly i mean and, and that's not to say that i don't go when i when i go traveling i don't pick up what i would consider as souvenirs but i'm not picking up the souvenir for the souvenir like i'm not picking up a keychain just because it says like nicaragua on it i i, I bought i went to Costa Rica and i brought back a hammock you know, what I mean, like I use it, it has, it has a purpose, but also is a, a re reflection of an experience I had in another another time in another country. Right. Yeah, I love this that. being intentional with what I'm what I'm pur purchasing and what I'm holding on to. Mm -hmm. And uh, so can maybe you uh, tell us like about a few things that you might have gotten rid of that actually really helped 
uh, besides their clothes. I know that was one. Um, anything else you want to share? In regards to like, like what, what was it? Uh, like if any kind of like items or uh, things in your life that you did get rid of, like uh, in this minimalist okay, lifestyle yeah. that did actually really help. Well, I'll tell you right now, the one thing I'm, I'm, I'm battling with getting rid of is I have like a kind of like a trophy case, a bunch of like ribbons and medals and, and trophies from basketball and, and track and all that stuff. And like, it has a lot of emotional value with, to me, but I, I, I like feeling like I can pack up and move at any time. And I want to eventually get to the point where I'm, I'm, I'm backpacking. And as much as there's a lot of memory and emotion connected to these things, um, I, I don't feel like I need it anymore, but it's still here. And, I, and I'm, I'm working through the process of, of getting rid of that. Because um, prior to that, I, I've never owned a lot of possessions just from being intentionally frugal. But that intentional frugality turned into minimalism. And so aside from clothes, it's still a bunch of little trinkets. You know, you have a good drawer full of just random yeah, things yeah. that had meaning to you. You know, I, I got rid of all that stuff. You know, I used to have like letters that someone maybe I was dating 20 years ago, like when I was young, wrote. And it's very like, you know, like 12 year old writing it like <laughs> i kept on i held on to that because it had a certain level of meaning and then i again, i got rid of it because it allows you to move on from the past and it's all up here i still have it in your subconscious mind but i got rid of it that's interesting and honestly the metal one actually is pretty interesting especially because like if you have all these like medals and trophies and stuff like that from when you're an athlete i couldn't imagine like how much you were identified with that at that that's time right so that's like the identity of the past and, and it's just like, you know, just like a few days ago, I went to the, I went to the uh, like a track around my neighborhood to, to do sprints. And I was just reflecting on like my time there. I saw my, my old coach and I'm just reflecting on this identity that I had back, back in the day. And, you know, at this point that was, that was 15 years ago. And it's kind of like, for me, it's time to move on. It wasn't, you know, maybe if I, maybe if I was an Olympic athlete, I, I carry that stuff around, but for these high school and um, high school level competitive um, medals and accomplishments. I, I think it's time to, to let go. And I, now that we brought it up, I'm probably going to do that this week, make it a priority. Okay, man. All right. That's interesting. I like that. <laughs> that seems like a, yeah, no, that seems like a big thing. And like, I know when you're talking about identity and like, um, one of the things I, I remember you had a video on this actually about like, kind of like losing your old identities and like how yeah, yeah. come coming up with new ones and stuff like, um, how, how do you like, uh, look at the different identity changes since you like came up with your channel and stuff like, uh, like, have you uh, noticed a bit? Yeah. I mean, a going from the, the, the mindset of, of feeling like I had to teach to sharing was a big shift. Um, you know, even, even just, just your image, like going to be in, like back when I started making videos, um, a lot of them are unlisted. Now I had longer hair. I didn't have a beard. Um, you know, even just like this image changes you have to get used to that. Like my, right now I'm starting to get grays in my beard. It's like, it's, it's a progression and, never, and it never stops. Right. And so just, just growing and realizing who I am and what I want and, and realizing that everybody else, everyone, everyone has their own, their own complexities in their lives. And the more I create and the more I, I form a community and then they engage, it allows me to develop more empathy for other people. I start to realize like the, the, the impact that there is in sharing your story. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I wish more people would do that, and because like, that's like on my on my banner like the the core concept to keep in my head is is like be the hero of your story, and that's the, the, the channel for me is like a journaling of my development towards being the hero of my story, and indirectly trying to encourage other people to do the same, really. 
Mm-hmm. And I like that whole like, uh, yeah, changing your identity and you become more sharing and empathetic. Like that's exactly what you kind of want. And like when your identity kind of grows and matures, like you want to kind of do that. And like the other thing about identity, and I know you've uh, kind of uh, talked about this a little bit in a couple of your videos is just like, like, it's interesting, like uh, your identity is always changing. It doesn't matter, but like, you have to also kind of see like, uh, like it's, this is an important part of like self-discovery is kind of understanding what you identify as a person, as a personality, as maybe your achievements, as what you do every day, as your habits. Like this is like such an important part of self-discovery is like understanding all these things that you identify as a person with and then you can allow to loosen them up a little bit and uh, allow that to change and new things, new things to enter your identity, which can be more fruitful and more mature and stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, man, I, I don't know. I've, I've quite a bold not notice that. Like uh, with you, I think, because um, you talk about like creating a vision as well, like in your life a lot as, uh, and that's one big thing I saw as well um, that you talk about, like, can you maybe talk a little bit about uh, kind of like how you uh, tell people or how you would like kind of recommend people to like look at creating a vision in their life and the importance of that? Yeah. So, I mean, just kind of starting with myself as an example, when you're coming out of high school and college and you're getting into your adult work in life, so often the, the societal kind of norm is to work really hard, make money, get a house, you know, build a family. And for me, that, that was, the vision I had back in my like early 20s. And then the past 10 years, I found my shift being away from stability and having a house and having all this money and prioritizing my own happiness and fulfillment more. And so for me, at this point, I try to, I'm big on, like, I'm not, I'm not religious. I don't have a, I wasn't raised in, in a traditional, I didn't, I wasn't raised with a tradition, a typical tradition. So I don't have the experience of having family members really trying to push me in one direction or the other based on that, those expectations. Okay. And in this day and age, you see so many people that are trying to explore outside of the certain standards that they feel has been set for them. Mm -hmm. And so for me, whether it's a family thing or a society thing in, in regards to expectations, I just want to, when I'm speaking one-on-one -on -one with people to get them to think about what, what is it that they want? Forget about the mold. If you could have something, what would it be? If, like for me, I want to work remotely. I want to be able to live in a new country every eight to 12 months and be able to like have a living that will support that lifestyle, um, whether it's from my creative pursuits or um, a traditional um, income stream. And so it's just about looking within. And again, it's being intentional, self-discovery, asking yourself, like, what, what do you do? What do you want? But also more importantly, what don't you want? Mm -hmm. I don't want to, I, I, I'm not in a position where I want to be committed to paying off a house for 30 years and remaining in one location. I just, and working a job that I don't really enjoy in order to support that decision. But mm -hmm. if I, but if my, if I'm, if I tweak my, 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 my goals, my desires here and recognize I don't need that house, then I don't need to work that job. I don't like in order to meet the financial needs. Does that make sense? That makes a complete sense. I love that a lot. And uh, you know what, like, especially in our society, how many like of our younger generations, like they rightfully so make, uh, like are, are pretty pissed off about the housing market and like how it's so hard to yeah. like afford this stuff. So like, I love it how you were saying that you tweaked, like, you know, it's kind of like a tweak in your identity. If you're a guy who values having a house and having those stuff, the fact that you don't have that will always make you feel insufficient. And like that can bring on insecurities, depression, blah, blah, blah. 
But if you can tweak that and be like, hey, you know what's more valuable than having a house and paying off a mortgage that whole time is experiences, it's freedom, it's and like all the other stuff you were naming, like just having that tweak to that, like how much, um, yeah, like this pushes you in a completely different direction. And I think it would be a lot better for your mental health as well, right? Yeah, and, and for me, it's just, what are you prioritizing? Stability over your happiness, stability over, over your fulfillment. And for me, I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd much rather be happy and fulfilled and be in an unstable situation. Not deathly unstable, but unstable relative to what most people expect when they have a house and a, a consistent job. I, I want fulfillment. So I don't mind being in a position where I'm in another country and I have to hustle to find maybe like video editing, video creating work, taking on side projects. I'm willing to do that because if, if I find fulfillment in like the journey I'm on with creating, creating videos, exploring the world, seeing new cultures. And some people are so fearful of getting outside of their comfort zone that stability is the number one, like stability and certainty is their number one priority. And they're sacrificing their happiness, they're sacrificing fulfillment, they're sacrificing trying to discover what their potential is, what their passions are. Mm-hmm. And I know it's kind of a, it's cliche to talk about, talk, to talk about your passions and, and like making a living off your passions. But um, for me, it's less about your passions and, and, and more about not regretting. I don't, I don't want to, 20 years from now, look back and say, I regret it. I, I played it. I played it easy. I, I chose stability over, over happiness. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, isn't like passions actually a little bit, it's easier in our day and age to actually make money off your passions, or it's easier to find for more fulfillment. And even like how we were talking about, there's less like jobs and like different fields. There's less, uh, you know, there's less of that economic safety and like get easy to get a house and all of that shit. So it's almost like it's kind of pushing us as a generation almost to like go into these separate uh, ways, right? That's the irony. The, the irony is like it's, it's harder to find stability. Like what, 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 you know, the whole work 40 years and then get a, a pension and then retire, like that's not dependable anymore. So the thing that people are, are sacrificing their happiness for in search of stability is on the shakiest of foundations here in, in this decade. It's crazy. <laughs> you're right that, that is ironic and uh i should probably incorporate that into my uh, comedy a little bit more because uh, it has like a little bit of that in there uh, man I, I like that uh vision and like so you were saying like getting into this whole like discomfort like be a little bit more comfortable being uncomfortable right uh, exactly. and um can i ask you maybe like where like what made you like kind of have this like uh, courage at least uh, maybe we can call it um is there stuff that you like i know for myself like i did used to do a, like a few different things like when it comes to like psychedelics or different kind of uh like uh cold sh- therapy like cold showers and stuff like so put myself into uncomfortable situations to learn that like did right. you used to do the same at all um the answer is yes to all those things that you those examples you just gave but it wasn't what set me out um, on that that path, I think me getting going in this direction was completely unintentional. Because growing up, I didn't have a lot of stability, so I've never been used to being stable. So I, it's maybe not to my credit that I that I pursue that type of lifestyle. Because I, I've growing up, I, I went to like twelve different schools over like a sixteen year period. I moved on average once every year. Um, I didn't have those traditional foundations in, in my life in, in regards to expectations or religion and traditions, as I kind of mentioned earlier. And so my life, my whole life has always been change, 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 adapt, adapt, adapt. 
be the new kid at school every year, developing friends and relationships and having to lead them and develop new friends. Like, so the constant change is something I've been used to. So coming into adulthood and seeing all the things in regards to work and, and like, you know, marriage and having kids, I questioned it. I'm, I'm, I started asking why, you know, yeah. why, like, like, why not go, why not learn a new language? Why not go to a new country? Why not put off buying a house and use that half a million dollars to, to live off of, you know, like I could retire off a million dollars today easily. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People don't like when I see people that make a lot of money and they go and spend 300 grand on a car. To me, it's just like that that could give someone 20 years of freedom. But instead, mm-hmm. it's I'm going to I'm going to use these these items to to add to my identity. Like I, I just I just I question all those things. And so, yes, I, I've went through periods of doing cold, cold showers. I, I've dabbled in psychedelics. I've. I've done like a five five day water fast just to see just to just to test myself and see what the what my potential is you know what what can I put myself through and, and come out the other side stronger and so I, I'm just finding finding ways to challenge myself and perform experiences on myself really hell yeah um and you were saying like you moved around so much when you were younger uh what what was it like your family was always constantly moving around I think I think in hindsight it's just instability in my family my, my dad was never around and so it was just my mother raising three kids and so finances become an issue yeah finding finding work becomes an issue so sometimes you have to move around to accommodate your 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 immediate needs and that's that's probably the biggest factor that led to me doing that and, and you know I don't I don't put any blame on my mother for that but that was a circumstance and this was this was the outcome and I wouldn't even say it for for, for worse because it it, it, it hardened me, right? You know, it, yeah. it took me my, my willpower and my understanding about how the world is. Because the world is about constantly adapting. Mm-hmm. Ages from, from ages zero to 18, we have this structure that we're placed within and just kind of following the path and following the direction. And then when you become an adult, there isn't no direction. You, you're, left, you're left in the wild, essentially. And you're having to adapt and try things and taste this and figure out what works and what's safe. And oh, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, I appreciate those things that some people would look at and, and see as a as a, an, an inconvenience. Mm. You know, I I, I kind of I get that. I think I came from it like from the opposite end almost. Like with my family, I feel like uh, I felt like I may might have been like too comfortable coming from like uh, one place for the most part, suburbs, and like I I had like the like all right you're the East Indian kid Pakistani go go to medicine go get your science degree go into medicine and like everything will be fine and like um yeah like I had to kind of like come from it from the other thing I was always so safe I was always so into like being comfortable like that's why I started doing the introducing this like discomfort into my life to right. um like break out of that mold um but i i, I like that with you because you moved around so much you're used to that um instability and that made you question those things probably a little bit earlier than like somebody like i would yeah i mean and, and like if anyone could choose what path that they're they're born into they'll likely choose yours over mine but looking like like now that i'm here i'm 31 years old i'm here i don't i don't envy i don't i don't envy the people that were raised with with luxuries hell yeah you know i i I always say when i grew up i grew up in like government housing in a a complex and so i can go out and go outside at any time and there's 30 kids of all different backgrounds and ethnicities to play with and interact with so versus the suburban kid that when they go outside it's just 
whoever, like that one kid on the street and they're, they're restricted to their little one house. Whereas I had a whole complex to, 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 to mingle it with and, and, and adapt to like different, different religions, different cultures. You go into everyone, you go into one person's house, they're a Russian family, go into another house, they're Jamaican, they're Indian, they're Laos. And so I, like, I wouldn't trade my childhood for anything because it was fun. Mm-hmm. And like, honestly, uh, I think this is like the whole point of the, like this kind of self-discovery thing is like, you have to have, you have your own past and you have to accept it. It doesn't matter who you are. Like right. you have to accept your own past because like, it's just the, yeah. Like, well, you know, the whole fucking cliche, like it's never going to change all that shit. Like it, it isn't right. going to change, but like it, it is like every thing, every part of your past, like it'll parts of it's going to give you uh, privileges or like, something that'll like something that's lucky and other parts are going to like be hindrances as well. So like everybody's different and everybody has both like kind of sides of the coin to it. And like the whole journey of self-discovery is to be able to kind of see where like you might have be lacking. Like for myself, like I said, I was really bad at putting myself in uncomfortable position. So I had to learn right. to do that. And I had to break out of that mold, which for me was very difficult at the time. But like that was my own personal thing, which might have been a little bit easier for yourself. Yeah, and so like there's a kind of cliche saying like, like if you can't change something, change the way you think about it. And so regardless of what someone's upbringing is, there's like there's always a seed a seed of positivity in a negative situation. And so maybe me reflecting on this and saying I wouldn't change my childhood is a way of finding that positive in a negative situation. But everyone's life. I don't. Doesn't matter if you're a one extreme or the other. There's something positive. In your situation, whether it's whether it's knowing that you had stability so you could take chances, or whether it's just being put through the mud and you can come out and, and you're stronger, like there's there's always a perspective shift in any in any situation that can be applied. Yeah, and uh, no, I, I and that's one thing I talk about on this uh, podcast a lot and with like different guests, it's, and it's that is a big thing. It's always being able to look at a situation in a proper way, and. Um, yeah. And so when it comes to like uh, the self-discovery part of this, like actually learning these stuff about it, like I'm trying to wonder, like, what other kind of exercises do you do? Like, do you journal at all? Like, uh, is this something that you're into? Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been on and off. There, there might be a six month period where now I, I journal, but it wasn't like daily journaling. Mm-hmm. What I did is because I, I don't like, you know, some days you just journal and it's just like I woke up, I went to work for eight hours, worked, went to the gym. Like, There's nothing really going on there. So for me, for quite a while, I was journaling anything that I viewed as significant or out of the ordinary in my life. Hell yeah. Something yeah. as small as having a conversation at the grocery store with the, the person serving you to something big, like being invited on a podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> Those things, like they, they might seem insignificant in the moment, but it's great to look back on. And so I have a journal of maybe three years of just like every page is something that's different from what's normal. Hell yeah. And, uh, I think that helps that helps. That helps me to like remember. Like it, it allows my my experiences to kind of be elongated because if you're doing the same thing every day for two weeks, a few months later you reflect back, you reflect back on that. It's just a blur. Mm-hmm. But when you're noticing and you're taking time to acknowledge every little thing that's different, all of a sudden, like the detail in, in your in your in your reflection is uh, far more vast. And, and yeah, and plus you like learn about yourself because uh, I do similar, very similar journaling to you. Like with me, I mostly like, if something's a very like emotional response, like if I give out an emotional response to something, 
I yeah. want to write that down. So I might go a few days not writing anything down, but then something gives me an emotional response and it might just be a conversation like at the grocery store, like you said, but yeah. whatever it is, it, you write it down and like, yeah, when, like you said, it gives you elongated memory, but you can always look that, uh, back at like all your different things you're writing down. You notice patterns, you start actually learning about yourself and like kind of learning about like what actually naturally gets you like, um, gets you giving you like an emotional response right and that's kind of how like it's uh that's actually like with the self-discovery thing kind of like where you can find where your real passions are like what naturally like lets that passion flow yeah and and you know what i can't remember where i heard it from but it's just a few months ago Uh, i heard someone say like where there's emotion there's story Mm. it's like whenever you have an emotion flare up there's a story there and Mm -hmm. like that helps me because if, if i get really mad like what's the story that's there if i'm really happy what's the story there and that's kind of what, what I, I, I journal about. Whatever that story is attached to that emotion, whether it's happy, sad, grieving, depressed, there's a story there of some type, and I, I found it useful. Hell yeah. I, I love that. I never heard that before, wherever there's an emotion. I man. The more you think about it, the, the, more, the more insightful it becomes. And I wish mm-hmm. I remember where I heard that. But Honestly, like, uh, like one of the big like, kind of things in my life for the last like decade has been like learning to, like, understand my emotions and feelings and stuff like that that's why a lot of like psychedelics and meditation have always like really helped right and like as like I'm as a comedian I I do have to like kind of like feel like understand my feelings because that's where I find like some of the funniest shit it's like when I when I have a feeling that's like a legit feeling and like I can be like oh there's like uh, the joke like I know this feeling and I know if I can tell this properly to an audience they'll recognize that feeling too and then that can be a really good joke so but this is for everybody like you really like it's so beneficial to like really understand like uh, your feelings your emotions and like yeah, like you said, the memories as well, because if you don't catalog, if you don't document, <laughs> like two months, you can kind of look back like, what the fuck did I do for the last two months? No, man, 20, like, like, every now and then when I get a chance, I value talking to older people, right? People in their 60s, 70s, because like they went through the same complexities of life that you've been on. And when you talk to somebody that all they, like, all they reflect on is regret from their past, the past 20 years, it just went by. I didn't do anything significant. As 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 kind of a quote unquote negative of a of a situation that is, it's so beneficial to be the one the receiving and hearing that because it helps you reflect and be like, man, I don't want to go the next twenty years and not have anything significant or worthwhile to reflect back on. I don't want to be on my deathbed and realizing I haven't done anything that was for me. And so, um, yeah, I don't know what what you said that keep me off in that that thought process, but um, yeah, it's important. Yeah, man. And no, I agree with that completely. Um, all right. I, I want to, you said water fast a couple of times and I'm, uh, I had a yeah. friend who just did this and it <laughs> sounds like pretty damn intense, but I, I have to admit when I saw him after this water fast, he was glowing and he looked the best he's ever looked probably ever. Yeah. Um, so what is a water fast and uh, what was your experience with it? Yeah. So a water fast is, as simple as that, it's just fasting, so just not consuming anything but water. So I guess the rule of thumb is to any, anything that has calories, you don't consume it. And so for five days, I just drank water, didn't eat anything, didn't put anything in my mouth, you know, brush my teeth. That's it. Yeah. Five days. 
Yeah, it was, it was hugely. So I, I documented that because I thought it was very important to. So I, I do have a video documenting like every day, just like this is how I'm feeling. This is what I, this is what my mind's doing. Um, so it's, it's, it's to this day my most viewed video, which was completely a complete shock to me because I think at this point it's like 200,000 views, and it's just it's one of those things where me telling my story and just sharing has inspired thousands of people. And to this day, I, I think this was two years ago. To this day, I'm still getting messages from people saying like. I just finished the five day. I couldn't believe it. Like, like, like if it wasn't for your video, I would have never done that. And it's, it's, a, it's an experience that they can reference for the rest of their life. Because it's like, when I thought I couldn't do two days, or I thought I couldn't do 24 hours, I did five days. Um, so, I mean, I forget what, what even got me to, to, to do that. But I think I just wanted to challenge myself. And I must have saw somebody do it. Um, I, lost, I lost 16 pounds in five days. Jesus. Um, the, the most impressive thing about it is that at the end of five days, like after day three, I think is the hardest. Day four and five, I could have con- continued for another three days if I if I set my goal to be that. Yeah, it was pretty like day three and five or four and five were like pretty easy then. It's just it's just it's just normal. Like your body, your mind. The hunger it, pains it, is gone. Back. Yeah, and and if it does come, it comes for like literally twenty minutes and then it goes away. But the problem is we get hungry and we think, oh, oh like my body needs food and it's going to remain like that until I get food. It's like no, no. It comes there. It's, it's, it's a signal to let you know, like, you should probably eat. But then when you don't eat, it gets to the point where your body's like, okay, this is what we're doing. We're not eating. Okay, let me, let me change the, my mode I'm in. And that's when your body goes into, um, like, a state of ketosis. Yep. Where yeah. it utilizes your fat stores for energy. Yeah. That's why, like, people think, like, how do you lose 16 pounds in, in, in five days? It's like, well, it's mostly fat. It's, so it's mostly pe- fat and water. So people who are doing like water fast, is it mostly for a losing weight kind of thing? Or is there other reasons as well? Like, I, I guess the reason of like actually doing it, like doing five days and like the mental toughness, I think I a hundred percent see that as a reason, but for the most reasons, like are most people doing it to lose weight or what are the reasons? I think most people that like were commenting in my videos, their, their motivation was to lose weight. But for me, it was, it was to challenge myself is this mental toughness. And it's also... A, a form of meditation because our whole day is, is often centered around food. We're thinking about what to, what to buy, what to get groceries for. We're prepping the food. We're eating the food. We're cleaning our dishes after the food. We're relaxing from eating so much. And so when you don't have that, it's amazing how much time you have in your day. On my, when, I'm, when I'm working, when I have like an hour like lunch break, for example, what do I do? Usually when I'm, when I'm eating, I go, I go home and I'll watch like NBA highlights. It, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't able to watch the things I usually watch because I wasn't eating. So it changes your habits, and, and it's a meditation because you're constantly thinking about food and you're having to resist it. It's yeah. like having thoughts constantly popping into your mind, and like you're recognizing, you're acknowledging, and you're, you're acknowledging it, and then you're letting it go. And it's the yep. same thing with, with the food. So it, de- it develops mental strength and, and uh, fortitude, and that's that was my reason for going into it. Yeah, and um, like I've done like day fasting and like i'm just like as a muslim like i've done some ramadan right. fasting as well so like yeah. i know like i know that but like yeah i know five days is a completely different beast but there is a thing when your whole body is empty of food and like there is like a time where it does feel like you're completely aware like your awareness your um your energy levels kind of go up too because your like le- yeah yeah your alertness yeah. And that's the thing, yeah. A lot of people, another reason people do it is, uh, is as, a, as a cleanse. When your body isn't having to put all this energy into to breaking, I just want to 
put a disclaimer. I'm not a medical professional, so like just take everything I say with a grain of salt. But yep. when you're when you're going through the cleanse and your body's not using all this energy to, to break down food, it can start putting its attention to lesser, like less important things. So if you have like some people do it and it helps with like, injuries. Like I, I had a back problem, I had a severe back problem at the time. So I was doing it for that. And it just, you know, whether whether it's true or not, the science, like it's such a new thing that like, science is just getting to the point where they're realizing the benefits of intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. And I think sooner or later they'll get to, to water fasting to where it's like doing one or two long, you know, three, four, five day fast is great from a physiological point of view, not just not just a mental. And so, you know, that was another reason I was doing it, just to give your body like I've done cleanses throughout my life. So you can you can people are familiar with like juice cleanses, um, and like the master cleanses where you're basically just drinking a certain concoction for like five days straight. Mm-hmm. And it's lets your body heal. It's a it's a it's almost like a a meditation practice for your body where it's just everything all, all the noise is cut out from eating and consuming and breaking it down and spitting it out. Um, so I don't know. I, I valued it a lot and I found myself doing like three day fasts a couple times a year still. That is uh, very interesting. Uh, very. So like on day four and five, uh, where was your like, as you said, that was easy. Like, where was your alertness uh, at that point? Like, was there mental fatigue or body fatigue there? Or were you actually more alert and more energetic? Like in my subjective view, I felt energetic. I, who knows? I, I didn't work out. Like I, I didn't run. I don't, I didn't do any things that I typically do, but like a sense of normality comes by, like your body just adapts It accepts what, what, like what you're doing. And all of a sudden, like, like you, you spent three or four days rejecting all these thoughts about food. So four day four and five comes and all of a sudden, whatever you intend, you're able to, to, to focus on that thing. Um, day one, two, and three, it's very, there's, a, there's somewhat of a primitive reaction where it's just like just the smell of food causes your, your mouth to start, start salivating. Your heartbeat starts going like crazy. I talk about this in the video. Like I was, I was walking around and I smelled food in this office I was working at and my heart started beating and you feel like you're a wolf seeing your prey <laughs> and you start like, get, your body starts getting ready to, to attack. Yeah, you become um, a hunter again, eh? Yeah, very much. Like you feel the physiological effects of like going for a long time without food and seeing food, and this is like attack. Go for yeah, that. So, <laughs> weird, I love man. that. <laughs> yeah, just start uh, getting all your animal instincts back. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Hey, when I like, uh, so what I used to do, uh, like, or like, yeah, when I do ayahuasca retreats and stuff like that, they make us do a very special lightweight diet, and then we do fasting like the day before uh, um, a ceremony and everything. But yeah, like, it's kind of funny because, like, they, the way the, like, uh, indigenous people look at it when the, um, they talk about fasting and, like, not eating, like, heavy foods before these things, it's, like, they talk a lot about what you're saying is letting your body relax and making it more sensitive so that you can actually feel, like, the inner, like, drives of your body, like, the inner, like, uh, and, like, hunger being one of them, but, like, think about the multiple, multiplicity of, like, drives and instincts and stuff that we have in our body, and our body has the ability to do, like, you have to, like, this is why food, when you have heavy food, your body's working on that. So you're not really, you don't, you're not, right. don't have those instincts and stuff anymore, those drives, or you don't have the ability to be aware and alert of them. So like, this right. is a big part of the reason, like uh, why uh, the indigenous people say fast before these ceremonies. So I can just a hundred percent understand that when you're doing like a five day fast like this, how like those things all of a sudden get heightened. 
Yeah, and, and I've read that because I've, I've, I've not had an opportunity to participate in an ayahuasca ceremony, but I've done a hell of a lot of reading and um, like understanding about it. And, and I do recall them saying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I, I've, uh, I've always uh, liked that. Um, and there was one video that I didn't get to on your uh, uh, site yet. Um, it was, uh, but I did see it. It was talking about you were writing down all your insecurities and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Ah, I like that. Uh, so what, uh, what made you uh, kind of want to do this? Um, you know, it's, it's another personal challenge where it's just like getting rid of all the uh, ego, man. There's so many things that we, we are attached to, our, our insecurities, and it affects so many parts of my life uh, and our lives. And it's one thing to acknowledge the insecurity. It's another to deal with it and overcome it. And then being willing to openly talk about it is kind of like the final stage for me. And so I thought if I can put myself through a being aware and considering all my insecurities and actually like looking it in the face and then making a video discussing that and sharing it with the world that's kind of the fr- the final frontier of, of those insecurities and so for me um i don't remember the list i think there's like 10 of them but like hey, that's how going, like, that's awesome you got <laughs> fucking rid of them that, that it worked <laughs> I, mean, I mean like like going bald man that was a big insecurity because for me like having having long hair and having different styles was a huge thing for me mm-hmm. having different variation of braids having it on a ponytail etc and then when you start balding it's like you're seeing like you're seeing age and time and the passing and and, and the kind of like i don't know i don't, don't want to say downturn of our life but like you feel like you're you feel like you're past your prime and you're fighting with what was your self-identity previously and what it's becoming and like it's it's by far the and I say this, and people don't believe it, but it was by far the most stressful period of my life is going through hair loss. And so okay. being able to talk about it openly, even just in this, this kind of format, is something that I wouldn't have been able to do just four years ago. Damn. All right. Well, hey, man, no, I can understand that. Like uh, that kind of uh, those kind of insecurities, like uh, you want to kind of recognize that, too. And like I, I can understand like sharing them with the world that can be like such a weight off of you where you're just like, all right, that fucking like, it's out there now. And like, it's just, it's out there. Right. Yeah. And, and like, and I, my, my, my hope was that in that my hope is that it continues to be that people will, will watch that and it will kind of give them permission to look at their own insecurities in the face. And instead of trying to address them by like hiding them or like, cause for me, it's like, like right now, I broke my nose like a, a year and a half ago. So my nose is like slightly bent to the right. And I was like, man, do I go get like surgery done? And I, I, was, I was questioning it. And then as time goes by and you just accept it, it's like, man, it's such a small, insignificant part of our life. The way we look, you know, like, like my smile, the, like getting grays in my hair, like all these little things that me- it means nothing to nobody. You know, like no one's sitting there watching you and, and like, spending hours reflecting on how you look or these little things that we micro micro analyze about ourselves. And so I just focused on letting go of those things that I was insecure about so I can focus on the most important things in life. And, um, you know, how I, how I smile isn't among the most important ones. Mm-hmm. And hey, like, and it seems like now you kind of, you have a vision, like, so you're talking about uh, you want to be able to travel around and like, uh, 
you do your job and see other cultures and like be able to yeah. kind of have that kind of freedom in your life. So like, this is kind of your vision. Do you uh, have an idea of like where you want to go next? Um, like I, I've, I've kind of tested the experience by doing like two or three week backpacking trips in, in various countries um, prior to the whole last year situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think me and my partner are going to have to kind of come together and figure out what works best for both of us. But I can see myself, I, I backpacked in, um, in Thailand and I think that might be a great place just because the quality of living compared to the cost of living and compared to the conveniences and the, the differences in like different regions versus like, from the north to the south um, to Bangkok in the kind of central Thailand. Um, it has a great balance of all the things, things that you would need and it doesn't require a lot of money to do that. So it'll probably be there first to get my kind of foundation set and continue developing different streams of incomes. Um, but from there, man, I don't know. I want to go through Europe a little bit. I would love to go to Africa, different countries there. Um, South America, I want to get fluent in Spanish. So um, there's, a lot, there's a lot of options to think about. And I, and I love that. And I hope I like just listening to you say that I hope other people get inspired to like understand like we do live in a world where this kind of stuff is becoming like more allowed. Like a lot of people are doing it. Like you were saying, like sometimes you can just edit videos, but you also yeah. have your channel. You also have right. other things, but you can edit videos for other people too. So like it, it's true, like there's so much different for streams of income that you can have now that this is a kind of life that's doable and like it's so possible and it's so how possible. cool you, is that you can you can there's websites where you can get paid like 12 dollars an hour to just speak english to people that are trying to learn english mm -hmm. and it's, it doesn't require any type of certification or education just being a fluent speaker in english and you know some people might hear that and think 12 dollars an hour like I, I need, I need $50,000 a year to live off of right now. But in places like Thailand, where you can get a condo for $400 and a, a meal at a restaurant costs $1.50 in like US dollars, if you can make $12 an hour, like you're living better than the majority of people in that country. Yep. Hell yeah. And uh, no, and actually I'm like, when I've been traveling, I think I've seen a lot of people who did that exact same thing. They taught English online and like, it's yeah, it is just crazy, like uh, the type of opportunity we have. And um, the one thing I do like, cause we're both in the, in our early thirties. So we're both like uh, millennials, like right in the middle of right, millennial. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, like I was talking about this with a, another guest on my latest episode and we were kind of just talking about with like the millennials right now as a generation, I feel like we're very kind of pessimistic about our future. We're very, mm -hmm. And like, you know, like I was saying, like stuff with this housing crisis and like where the jobs are at and like how wages haven't kept up with like the cost of living, like all yeah. of this is very true stuff and like it's shitty problems to have. But while that's all there, we do have this other thing where like the ability to create kind of a life where we're happy and our happiness is like front and center is like better than it's probably ever been. Exactly. And that's, that's where the whole, like, if you can't change the, the thing, change the way you think about it. Like a, a, a positivity that can come from that, that seemingly negative situation. It's like, if there's ever an opportunity in, in life to forego buying a house and save and invest and live off, like let your money work for you and, and go travel is now when a $800,000 house is the average in some of these cities. And the, the, the idea of, of owning a car 
it's a little irrelevant if you're living in a place that's that's condensed and has public transportation and where job stability isn't as as secure as it as it used to be. So it's like, what better chance is there than now to go and pursue your dreams, to pursue the unknown and go travel, go see the world. And you never and like if I've learned anything, it's that you never know where an opportunity is going to come from. Mm-hmm. And and I I've just taken that and it, it comes down to what we we're talking about earlier with regret. It's it, I it's easy to, to get into a situation where you have these golden handcuffs, where you find an opportunity and you're making a lot of money, but you're in a situation you don't like, but the money's so good, you can't say no. And you regret those times when you were 30 or 35 and you could have traveled because you didn't have those, those, um, those change holding you to a certain location or holding you to a certain circumstance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Like, uh, no, I think that's a really positive message, man. I really uh, like that. And, uh, I hope that uh, definitely inspires a lot of people who are listening right now because, um, yeah, that's the one thing like we did go through, uh, like us, we did went through the financial crisis 10 years ago. Now we went through this pandemic. So like, I completely understand like where all this pessimism and like kind of anger for the future and like with climate change and shit like that too. Like there's a lot of that, which is completely on um like yeah no i understand it i justified, uh, a lot justified of, for sure it's yeah like, justified. justified but don't don't dwell on it don't get complacent don't get discouraged and and low energy like use that as motivation to fire you up to pursue whatever your alternative is fuck yeah nah i love that <laughs> all right adrian uh you guys you have been so much fun on this man um i only got one more question it's the question of the podcast so i'll uh, give it to you but adrian <laughs> logan God, yay or nay? All right. Well, let me, let me, let me preface this by saying, okay, yay, yay. Let me say yes to that. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't view God in the traditional sense. But if we can adjust it to be like infinite intelligence, the kind of unknown, um, the, the the great mystery that's beyond our understanding, um, absolutely. I, like I, I don't, I don't have a structured religion that I'm a part of. I don't, I don't really. Um, subscribe to anything uh, or faith that I've come across, but I undoubtedly believe in something greater beyond us, a greater intelligence, a greater consciousness, um, something that we will never understand in this lifetime. And, um, and that's part of the journey. Is like p- part of the journey of of self discovery is 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 understanding the the, the God in in us and around us. Um, so that's uh, a big yay. <laughs> yeah, man. And because uh, you were saying like you never really had any traditional structure, whether it came to like religion or anything when you were growing right. up. Um, did your parents ever like or your mom like ever give you anything or did she talk about that at all? Or was it more of just like something she never really talked about? So like, my mom wasn't wasn't raised with a religion um, per se either. Like her like her like her kind of ancestors come from a, a Mennonite background which never made it, made, um, made it anywhere near um, my mom's generation. Um, she, she had converted to, she was a Muslim for about 10 years. So I was, I was surrounded by that culture and community um, in my earlier years. So when I was like in grade four, um, it was normal for me to, to do like to fast during Ramadan um, okay. with the community that we were a part of. Um, but it's not like I subscribed to the religion. I was just exposed to the religion, um, which was a great opportunity, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't influenced or pushed upon me. So um, one of the one of the great things that I take away from my upbringing is that because I didn't have any of those pressures, it allowed me to be free and to and to wander and to to question. And I think that has an, a big part of why I'm the way I'm today. 
No, I love that. And dude, like, uh, yeah, like you said, like, uh, being able to have that, like being free and like looking and curious and uh, wondering and all of that stuff, like that is one of the best things that, uh, cause as a child, children, we have that naturally. And like a lot of us lose that when we, when we get structure forced upon us and yeah. like, mm-hmm. um, so like, yeah, I can understand like having that at this, uh, like coming up as a young age, how like beneficial that could have been for you. Yeah, it, it was, it was huge. And, and like, it's one of those things where you see parents and families where they're so isolated and they're so sheltered and the intent of that, as great as positive as it was, and it ends up being the very reason that that child grows up and completely goes the other way. And they're, and they're grabbing at everything they're trying to experience everything. And they, they, they go down a direction that maybe was never intended for them because like, if you have a, if you have a, if you're trying to train to be a fighter and you're never in a sparring match, when you get in the ring, what are you going to do? And it's the mm-hmm. same thing when you're growing up, you know, if, if I had children, um, which I don't intend to, but if I did, I would want them, like, I wouldn't tell them not to touch the fire. I'd let them touch the fire because mm-hmm. you only got to do it one time. Right. And yeah. so for me growing up, I got an opportunity to touch the figurative fires a lot. And it allowed me to uh, be able to understand myself and, and be much more aware, I think, as an adult. Yep. Nope. I, uh, I've seen that directly with like, uh, a lot of my friends who've had like different backgrounds and how a lot of us grew up. Cause like, I think that was a big part of me taking a lot longer for me myself to mature compared to a few of my friends who, like you said, figured to touch that figurative uh, fire right. uh, a lot more than I did. And like, they actually grew a lot more because of that. Um, and yeah, man, uh, that's at the end of the day, that's life. I, I'd like, hey, man, like, uh, whatever the fucking world is, wherever it's going, like, uh, yeah, it's like life is always going to be kind of like that. It's going to be hard. It's going to be like, you're always going to have to take chances in it. And uh, yeah, no, I love the message you're doing, man. So I, I hope you keep it up. And uh, please, yeah, please let my audience know, man. Um, Adrian Logan on YouTube please check it out. That's a fucking awesome channel. Go subscribe to it. Check out his videos. It's uh, so much fun. Anything else you want to promote or say anything about, man? No, nothing to promote, man. Just, just the same message, man, for everyone just to continue acknowledging their feelings and their, their desires and, and try to play big in life and be the hero of your story and not play the, not play the extra in mm. your story. You know, I, I kind of hesitate to say this, but consider being a little bit more selfish in, in, in a sense of identifying what you want and making yourself a priority. Um, that's kind of what self-care and self-love is about. But a lot of times we, we, we act in a way that we perceive as being selfless and it not only does damage to yourself, but the people you're trying to help, the people they're trying to be selfish towards. Um, so yeah, self-discovery. Yeah, and that's true. Like that's another ironic part of it is like, you have to be uh, selfish to be like, a good at being selfless right and I, and I just want to end by saying like you know i've thought about this and this is probably the topic of a future video and it's just that anyone in the world if you think about who who your idol is or who motivates you or who inspires you you can be sure that they went they went after their their sincere selfishness and in doing so they it, it, it manifested itself in giving a tremendous amount of value to the world mm-hmm. and so selfish doesn't have to be a bad word and i and i kind of want to change the perspective on that and um I think I'll have it more better articulated in a future video. Awesome. All right, guys. Adrian Logan on YouTube. Check it out. Uh, Thanks so much for joining me, Adrian. 
Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. All right. That was another episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. That always helps. And share it with like-minded people. I really do appreciate that. You can check me out at NewerKidY on Instagram or check out my website, NewerKidY.com. You can see my comedy. You can see my comedy dates that are coming up and all that other information. We're part of the comedy here often, Podcast Network on 604 Records. But I'll see you next time on another episode of God Yay or Nay.